Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, today's Clubhouse Chat is with your hosts, Kevin and Ashley, but today they have two special guests, both Felicia Reed and Matt Stagliano. The four of them chat about self-value, about mental health, and just have a really amazing talk in general with the audience. Also, I wanted to make sure you know that the studio tours for both Matt and Felicia are live on our YouTube page where you can watch them, so make sure to head over there, and you can also watch the video of this Clubhouse chat today. Okay, let's get started with Ashley, Kevin, Matt, and Felicia. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Condit, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Klosser hosts our regular Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm good, Kevin. I'm excited to be here with our not one, but two guests today. So today we have Matt Stagliano joining us from Maine and Felicia Reed joining us from Austin, Texas. And they are both awesome portrait photographers who we've had on before. So welcome back, Matt and Felicia. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. And just as always, before we get started, I just like to remind all our listeners who are here live that um, for the first 30 minutes, we're going to be having a conversation um, where we ask Felicia and Matt questions, but in the second half of the hour, um, we open it up to audience interaction, which we love. So when the time comes, if you want to ask a question to Matt or Felicia, um, you will press the hand icon in the lower right-hand part of your screen, and then we'll be able to bring you up on stage. Um, And if you come up with a question before 1230 Pacific, please jot it down so you don't forget because we really do love having you guys ask questions. That's the joy of uh, Clubhouse. All right, Kevin. Well, thank you, Mud. So uh, hello, everyone in our audience. And as you can tell, uh, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, And today we are switching it up. And today we are talking to two of our previous guests, Felicia Reed and Matt Zagliano. Uh, we thought that they brought so much value to the podcast that we wanted to have them on for a panel discussion. And Ashley doesn't know it yet, but I'm pulling her into this discussion and asking her <laughs> questions as well. So, you know, it's coming, Ashley. <laughs> so welcome, Matt and Felicia. Um, so Ashley and I wanted to have a conversation about boundaries and limits uh, with our clients, vendors, and with ourselves as business owners. Um, So when a problem in business arises, obviously every situation is unique. Uh, But one thing that constantly comes up uh, in the Sue Bryce Education Facebook group is handling difficult situations with our clients. Uh, Situations where the conversation might have gotten a little tense or awkward and the photographer might not know uh, might not know how to handle the situation. So, can you tell us about a hard time with an unhappy client? Uh, what went down, and how did you resolve? Matt, we'll start with you. 
Well, I've never had an unhappy client. Uh, <laughs> no. um, so I think, you know, before I even get to a story about that, one thing that I certainly learned from Sue and, and is one of the things that I learned in my corporate world as well is that if there's ever a problem with a client, it usually comes down to something that you did or did not do yourself. Right. And in management, if, you know, your employees are unhappy, you typically look at the managers to determine why. Right. But in our kind of solopreneur, um, single owner businesses, a lot of the times we only have ourselves to look at. So I think, you know, when problems do arise, it's usually something that I'm not doing. I'm not educating well enough. I'm not giving them enough information. I didn't send the right email or set the expectations correctly. Something like that typically is the indicator of why they're showing up. I'm, you know, without ego, I'm confident enough in the work that the photos themselves are going to be technically fine. But what did I not do? Did I not connect with them? Did I not, you know, give them what they wanted in terms of a look and feel? So when it comes down to that, it's either a miscommunication on my part or a misunderstanding on my part. Now, to get to the point of like, have you ever had an unhappy client? Hell yeah, of course. But, you know, I'm in the business of making everything right. There's no client that has ever left here that, you know, throws a middle finger while they're walking away. I tend to try to make sure that whatever their problem is, the colors weren't right, I'll reshoot it. The prints were bad, I'll reorder them. Like whatever the case is, I take it upon me to make it right. So... Give me a second. I can probably come up with uh, a couple of examples, but usually if there's any frustration from a client, it tends to be when they're looking at themselves and they don't like what they see, which is not necessarily something I can control. But a lot of times you'll hear them talk about, oh, I hate that. Oh, I'm fat. Oh, I look like this. Oh, I look like that. So a lot of times in those situations, it comes down to talking, giving people a safe space to listen to them and understand what it is that they're seeing and what it is that I see and explaining that to them and hopefully, you know, smoothing the situation over. So, um, yeah, give me some. I'm sure I'm going to come up with one. I'm going to go back through my archives as we speak <laughs> here and be like, all right, let me find the problem child in this one. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's where I'm coming. Well, in the meantime, Felicia. Oh, okay. I had to think about this because I think someone on the last podcast had asked me and because I don't have it often, I couldn't think of it, but I've got a good one. And it does. I agree with Matt. It is always going to come down to communication and this particular situation, which will happen often with many new photographers and many people is like, um, oh my God, that's so expensive. I don't, I'm, that's too much for me to pay for. And this is after We've done the photo shoot. You know, this has happened. This will happen with new photographers. It happened to me and I wasn't even new. So what had happened was I used those, uh, what do you call them? Um, Subrise vouchers, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I gave a voucher for a photo shoot, just like Subrise said, $100 to spend. It was a $775 value to someone that knew me well. But they put it to, they put it at a venue, you know, to raise money. I got the voucher, called the person. Hey, I'm going to, I'm Felicia Reed. I'm going to do this incredible session. They said, no, I want to give this to my daughter-in-law. So I called the daughter-in-law. Hi, I'm Felicia Reed. So-and-so won this voucher. This is what it entails, blah, blah, blah. Meet them in person, pre-pandemic, meet them in person, give them my price list, educate them. Do you have any questions? No. The husband, um, is the husband going to come? No, he's not going to come. He'll be at the sales session. Do the photo shoot. Incredible experience. I mean, incredible everything. Get to the sales session. Husband is there. They put in their cart $3,400 worth of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I say, okay, how would you like to pay for that? Oh, no, no, no. My mother-in-law is going to pay for that. Well, I didn't know she was a person. You know, I didn't know she was financially involved. And this is kind of where it went down. Come to find out. The mother-in-law called me a, they posted negative things about me online that I was a, what do they call it? A, oh my God. Bait, a bit and a, bait and switch. Bait and switch. Yep. You're a bait and switch photographer. And I, they were messaging. So look, take notes, learn lessons. They're messaging me. I try to call. She never answers. It was a blessing because everything was in writing. And the, the daughter-in-law badmouthed me in a group online. Well, they don't know I'm Felicia Reed and everybody knows me and knows I operate with integrity if you know me. So uh, someone was like, Felicia, they're bad-mouthing you online. 
And I was like, oh my God, I don't even, I can't even defend myself. Like I did everything right. I emailed them and I said, I can understand why you feel this way. So my, my point is I chose to go the high route. I prayed about it. Oh my God, I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, this never happens to me, but it's happening. What is the lesson I need to learn? And so I messaged them and I said, Hey, let me just, you know, you can buy individual pictures. You know, it came with one portrait. No, that they weren't happy. Each of my pictures were 450 at the time. I said, well, here, you want just three? It's 1300. No, that's so expensive. This is ridiculous. And I was like, I didn't know you were paying. It was a miscommunication. Let me fix it. You want these four incredible portraits. Let me give them to you. This is her first pregnancy. She's been through a lot of stuff. I want her to be happy. My, my business, my job is to empower you. You're to leave here more confident, not pissed off, right? And um, so they agree that give them the pictures, but then this was after the fact. I get bad mouth online and I still rose higher. I still took the high road and I, I'm like, they hurt, this is not right. And um, I can only imagine. And so I had to meet them in person, y'all. Okay, I had to meet them in person to deliver these pictures and I prayed about it. And I met in a public place, Starbucks. And I had, I prayed for peace in my heart. I prayed for her to feel the love from my heart that I felt bad about this situation. And I handed her the pictures and I said, look at them. I didn't say anything when she came in. I held, it's just automatic for me to hold my arms out to hug somebody because it's just my heart, right? And she hugged me and I gave her the pictures and she looked at them and I said, do you love them? And she says, I love them. And I said, are you happy? I'm so happy. And I said, well, I had noticed that uh, you said some horrible things about me online. I said, "How did I fix this? And she says, yes. And by before then, I had talked to my attorney because at the end of the day, it was defamation of character and all other kind of legal things. And and I he told me not to lawyer up, just, you know, talk to her first because I can make people angry. And I said, okay, if you're happy, then let's just agree that, you know, I, I've learned a lesson from this. Always ask who is the financial, who's going to be making the financial decisions to pay for this? Even a grown woman, this is a grown woman, but I got to still ask this, you know? And um, I said, can you just sign this paper saying that I'm not bad mouthing you anymore. You're not bad mouthing me and we're just going to leave it and you're happy. And she signed it and she signed it, you know, I had it formed it. I delivered the um, pictures, you know, to say that she received everything and she's happy. And, and um, my business has flourished and increased a million fold since then. So always take the high road. It was a lesson. It was sickening to my stomach, but I had to address the monster. That's, that's my lesson. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic that you're able to rise up. I know, like deep down, I know we want to say something, especially with when you feel opposite of what they're saying yeah. online. Did this? Yeah. Did they end up pulling that review? I don't remember they pulled the review, but I don't mind a bad review every now and then to show that you know I'm human. And of course, <laughs> I, I feel like Felicia Reed probably has you know, just a mountain of positive reviews online. Anyways, I have a mountain of positive reviews. This is my re- this is this is how it works. When you got a network, if you get one bad review, go tell all your friends and oh, put a positive one. Then people are like that's suspicious. <laughs> There's always somebody. Go on there and put a positive review about me. I don't even, I mean, that's not even how it worked. I'm just saying. I got I don't you. mind. I didn't ask to take it down. I just didn't want to be bad mouth. And then, of course, other photographers that are shoot and burn photographers in the group, they didn't know. They were, like, hopping on the bandwagon. She's a scam. Nobody charges $3,400. They don't know. I was like, they don't oh, know. my God, you're making it worse. <laughs> you're making it worse. But so the whatever. Idea, so the idea of a bad review online is something that uh, – I think everyone is having to deal with, especially with, mm-hmm. you know, everything moving towards the internet, everything being on the internet. Uh, is One, is that the only bad review? And if you have more, how do you deal with it, both of you? How have you dealt with that before? That was my only one that I know of. Uh, I'm usually, I don't know, I don't, I don't really deal with bad clients. Matt? You know, I mean, yeah. bad situation. It's never, it's really bad. And if, and if it was a situation like Matt says, we're going to always fix it. We're going to rise above. And even if they were upset about something, we're going to fix it. And they're going to leave happier no matter what. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, I way back in one of my first businesses, I got into, got into a little bit of trouble online. Uh, I had something posted. It gets totally misconstrued and all the trolls come out, right? And the trolls and their extended family come out. And my problem, because I was young and naive and didn't really understand (laughs) 
<laughs> you don't engage the trolls. I was like, let me go back on and respond to every comment and be, you know, be that person. And it just magnified the problem over and over and over. Because once the trolls know they have you, then they dig in, right? And then nothing you say is going to fix the issue. So I learned my lesson about 10 years ago in that regard. But like Felicia said, I think as long as you're going about it with service and taking the high road and and making sure that everything you do when looked at objectively is the right thing to do, then you're not going to have any problems. You cannot please everybody on the planet. It's just it's an impossibility. So all you can do is serve with as much integrity and love as you can and I would say 9.99 times out of 10, it's going to work just fine. But there's always that variable of people that no matter what you do are going to be unhappy. And the hope is that they don't go online and start bad mouthing you. But if they do, then the only thing you can do is kill them with kindness and just try to keep diffusing the situation and fixing the problem. So, yeah, I don't run into a whole lot of that these days um, because I think once you're able to just address it head on, it cuts out any of the downstream effects of negativity. Um, and Kevin, if I could chime in too for a second, I also had a situation like similar to Felicia's in the sense that um, I got a bad review on Yelp and it was, um, they called me a bait and switch as well. It was something where they had won a prize at a silent auction. The prize included the full sitting fee and one image or credit, but the value of that one image toward a bigger package. I made sure the wife was totally educated, um, but it was a husband and wife who won the prize, but the wife was my main contact point. Um, the wife brought her sister in. They brought their dog in. The husband came in. They were unhappy with their wedding photos and we were redoing like kind of the portraits of their wedding with the dog in them. And then also just portraits of her with her sister. Um, you could tell they had an amazing time. And when they came in for the reveal um, and I showed them everything and, you know, we're talking about selecting, the wife clearly understood what was going on. But the husband's like, why can't we just have all of them? And I was like, oh, well, you can. You just have to you know, <laughs> apply this package price and upgrade. And he got pissed. He walked out. He stormed out. It was one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. Um, anyways, the wife carried on. She bought not the biggest package, but she did buy a package of images. Um, they applied the print credit. She said she loved the images. I thought everything was okay because... I mean, she, I didn't pull the gun to her head and make her do this, obviously. Um, and then later on, maybe like a month later, the husband wrote me a terrible Yelp, one star, star Yelp review. Um, and it, it said, oh, we bought this at an auction. Um, you know, she bait and switched us. She, you know, charges $300 an image, which is extreme, buyer beware, all this stuff. Um, and the way I handled it was because that sale was closed and like they hadn't personally reached out to me at all was a to calm the heck down. Cause when I first, like I have such a fight or flight response. And when I first saw that I was like physically shaking and just like, Oh my God, what do I do? Um, and then I, uh, calmed down and I wrote, you know, a draft of a response. And then I had a couple friends who are really like savvy at writing things, read it over and make sure it was in a calm, cool and collected voice. And I just kind of like started with, you know, I'm really ex like, sorry that you feel this way. And um, I'm sorry that things weren't clearly explained to you. I took great care to explain it to your wife. But I'm sorry that like, you didn't feel as if things were explained to you and you weren't educated about this. And then I just explained like, you know, your package did come with one image. You obviously did not have to buy any more. I didn't expect you to buy any more. Your wife wanted to buy more because they were really beautiful portraits of her and her, you guys with your dog and you guys with her sister and they were really meaningful to her and she chose to do that. And 
you know, I'm sorry that you felt like you didn't expect that to happen. He never responded to the review. And, you know, my business has gone on. I really thought it was going to like somehow no one would hire me again because I had a one star review. But like Sue always says, you know, you're not really in business if if things haven't gone wrong from time to time, because if you're really working all the time, like every once in a while, something's going to fall through the cracks. Nothing really has a perfect five-star review. And so, you know, every time I look on Yelp and I see it there, it crushes me a little bit, but that's just how I dealt with it. And so in that situation, I didn't actually end up talking to the client about it, but I just let it go with love after making a point for any other readers on Yelp that like, well, this is his perspective, but it's not actually like how it went down. Perfect. I wanted to say um, or ask, have you had a situation where you have a client, you set something up and they just want to have continuous communication with you, Uh, whether it be constant back and forth with emails, text messages or phone calls? How do you deal with it? How do you set that boundary to say, hey, I got this? you know, you don't have to worry as much. Oh, that's easy. You set that boundary at the beginning. You just say, you know, hey, um, you educate as much as you can, right? And communicate everything that you provide. And then, you know, if it happens to be a Friday afternoon, I tend to say I don't respond on the weekends and I don't respond after business hours, which is usually about six or seven o'clock. I said, if there's an absolute emergency, which there really never is between the time you do the consult and the shoot itself, um, if there's an emergency, let me know. Um, but just understand, I, w- I most likely will not get back to you on normal issues until Monday. So have a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon. Um, but I make it very clear to all my clients that I don't work past a certain hour at night and I don't work on the weekends. And I need to do that to maintain my own healthy balance. And I'd say most of the time people respect that. Occasionally, I will get the odd text or the the Facebook message or the Instagram message or something like that. And if it's not ridiculously inconvenient, then I'll respond. But most of the time, I just try to keep my boundaries. It's just the reason I put them in place. But when people are peppering me with questions, I tend to say, all right, well, let's get on a Zoom. Let's talk about everything and let me answer everything at once. Let's set up a time to do that. So my time is very important to me and I want to maintain that and set that expectation with my clients. Perfect. Felicia? Yeah, I agree with Matt too, setting boundaries. And um, I don't think I have that much problems with clients badgering me because I do have a system. So you also need systems and you need boundaries and you need working hours and, uh, once my client books me, they have a set of meetings we're going to be having and I create a vision board. And, and another thing is like, sometimes I don't have to say anything. If they text me and it's five o'clock or a client texts me nine o'clock one night, I was like, I refuse to respond. It's not an emergency, <laughs> but I think sometimes I'm ADHD y'all seriously. Sometimes it's on my heart and I'm like, I know it right now. And it just has to be 11 o'clock at night and I'll send a message to somebody or even my makeup artist. And I don't expect her to respond. You know, I just know I got to get it out of my brain because it's right now or I got to send a text message and I work, you know, I just, they just know I'll respond during working hours and it's not an emergency. And two is communication. They already know we have a meeting coming up. I mean, come on, if they have a photo shoot tomorrow and they're texting me like crazy the next two days, it's going to stress me out. I'll be like, Hey, let's hop on the zoom or let's hop on FaceTime really fast at my convenience. Even if it has to be after hours, just to make sure that there, there's nothing really wrong. But setting boundaries, and I think you can set them without saying anything. You get a text message, you get a DM after hours, don't respond. Have one of those little pop-up things that come up on Facebook. Like, hey, these are our office hours. We can't reach us. Fill out a contact form. You know what I mean? Just, I think you can set boundaries without even saying it. Just don't answer the phone. Gotcha. <laughs> and and <laughs> let, me, let me just say this really fast. Because in the beginning, when I first started, I thought, no client is going to book me. I have to be on it. If they text me, I remember one o'clock at night, I was answering messages in my beginning on Facebook. Oh, and I'm talking to them asking, I was even taking calls y'all at 11 o'clock at night, 
This had to stop. I had to operate like a regular business and you will not lose a client. I did not lose a client. They will respect you because you're setting up the boundaries. You know what I mean? So you don't have to be on constantly 24 seven. Um, and it works. I'm a living testimonial. Yeah. I've, I've dealt with other entrepreneurs where they're saying I'm answering text messages at two 30 and then they're or like in the middle of the night and they wake up and I hear complaints of, why are, you know, why are these people text messaging me this, but they're the ones that tell them, you know, text me whenever you want, but they end up just being angry about the situation. It's like, why aren't you telling them? Well, I need to provide the best customer service possible. And it's like, you're not doing that at 2.30 in the morning, you know? Yeah. So I, oh, Kevin, what? I was just going to say, it's not customer service if you're resenting someone because you're... Exactly. Exactly. And it's like yeah, your kids, totally. you have to set boundaries, right? You set boundaries. I think that's, you set boundaries and you get respect when you set the boundaries. And I don't think you have to say much. Yeah. It's just kind of like, right? Your mama just gives you that look and you just know, don't talk to me <laughs> right now. <man." laughs> so what about in the different, the complete opposite? So we set up consultations, discuss with clients uh, the process, they pay the session fee, and you set the day of the shoot. Along the way, uh, you know, photographers like to have the wardrobe consultations, the mood boards, the Pinterest boards, and discussions about what's going to happen later on. But yet the client does not uh, communicate with you. The date's getting closer and closer. You don't got the mood board. You haven't gotten the consultation in. They won't answer emails, respond to texts, or anything like that. How do you go about that situation where you just have a client that doesn't want to respond? Has I had a client future? like that. Uh, my photo shoot's coming up next week, Wednesday. I hadn't talked to her. I sent her, I don't know how many messages. I said, you know, you know, I'm not going to do your photo shoot unless until I talk to you. And I say it with love. I just have a way of saying things, you know, and I was like, I'm not going to let you come in this studio if I don't know what I'm going to do. It's not going to be successful for neither one. She hopped on that Zoom yesterday so fast. Ooh. <laughs> f- I can it imagine what it's like happen. losing a shoot with Felicia Reed. I mean, you got your dates set up for, for some time away, I would assume. And they already know. I know exactly. And my clients know in advance. And, I, and it's communication. Let's back up. It is communications. When they book me, okay. Here's a contract, fill out this contract saying that I communicated everything with you. This is for us to understand that everything's black and white, but also they already know that I'm booked out months in advance. Like you're not getting in until 2022. Okay. So we got to do this. And they, I think they just know, they just know. And you, and it's kind of like, this is my rescheduling fee. If you have to, I get it. We're in a pandemic. I wave, you know, if God forbid somebody comes up with COVID, I wave it. The next time, you know, this is a complimentary rescheduling fee. Here's your, the next time you're going to pay me $500. Oh, we got to reschedule a reveal. That's $500. Oh, you can't make up your mind. It's $500. Everything's in writing and they understand time is money. And I think they just respect me because my business is set up very automated, systematic. And they, I, I don't have anybody that doesn't respect it. Matt? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't shoot at the volume that Felicia does. God knows I want to. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, my system's a little bit looser than that, uh, probably to my detriment, quite frankly. But I have the same type of situation. I have, a, I have a shoot going on next week that a woman purchased for her granddaughter. And I've been trying to communicate with the, uh, the young girl, she's 14, and her mom for several weeks. And the communication has been like, pulling teeth. And that's not a, like, I never look at it as a bad thing. I just look at it as some people aren't necessarily strong communicators in that way. So we've had enough communication so that I understand that the shoot is going to happen. There's no difficulty there. I have a slight understanding of what we're going for. Um, but we haven't been able to really connect on wardrobe. Now I'm at the point as well where that doesn't phase me too much because we can do things on the fly and I've, I've got enough experience that I can, you know, really go into this and create some beautiful portraits without having everything laid out in front of me. However, there's still a little bit of nerves there, right? That, that things could, you know, not live up to expectations. 
But at the same time, I do have a written track record of all the communications that I've sent, all the texts, all the, you know, the different venues that I've used to try to get information out of them. I've got that all on record so that if anything comes up, I can address it right there. I'm not expecting it to. Everything I'm sure is going to go perfectly fine. But I love making sure that I have everything written. Anything that I say in a phone call is followed up and repeated in written statements. Any contract that I have is gone over very closely. And then, I, you know, I have systems as well that show if someone's read an email or signed a contract. And it's very easy to follow up that way with gentle nudges. Hey, I saw that you didn't sign your contract. Let's talk about that. And, you know, finding ways to make sure that they understand that you're running a professional business and you're not just some fly by night person that they can call or text in the middle of the night and, you know, that you have value, making sure that you set that up in their mind then, you know, I don't get too wrapped around the axle if we don't communicate back and forth a lot. Um, but I make sure that by the time we get to the shoot, I have all the information that I need to make sure the shoot happens, if that makes sense. Does that answer your question, Kevin? Totally. I had one thing to say, too, about receiving money before, because I have a client that I had to say, this is not a good thing either. They love me. They referred to me and they're like, here, send me an invoice. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to get on the phone because you don't know how it works, you know? And they were like, we don't care. We'll pay. I said, but I don't under, I want to make sure you're flying in. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I want to make sure that I could do exactly what you want to do. And I'm not sure what you want to do. And so I forced them. It took a couple of weeks, but I got her on the phone. Cause whenever you start dealing with more affluent people, I deal with a lot of like super people, I deal with their, uh, assistants and I rarely talk to the client. It's, it's weird. It's the weirdest thing. And so I'm like, no, I need to talk to the client, not you, because I don't know, you know what I mean? So that can be, um, that can be trouble. So don't just take people's money when they want to give it to you and you don't communicate. And then you're setting yourself up for failure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this was prior to any consultation, any conversation. Mm -hmm. They're just like invoice me. I want to yeah, well, I had the I had the conversation with the assistant, and she gotcha. goes, "Well, she wants you. You photographed her, so and so. You for you know, she wants you." And I was like, "Ah, uh, I get That's it, but I don't think I could deliver yeah. it." And I was trying not to be rude. I was just kind of like, "I don't know," I, and it scares me. And I was honest. I said, "It scares me. She's coming in. She's flying in for this, and I don't want to waste her time, and I don't want to waste my time. I need to have a clear picture of what she needs to see if I can deliver." Because they start talking about green screens, and I don't do green screens, mm, so I need to make okay. sure we we're on the same page. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, don't always take money just because they want to give it to you, because you will you could shoot yourself in the foot. Communicate, 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 educate, educate, educate. Yeah. And similarly, oh, I was just going to say, I've had people who say to me, like, I'll try to talk about pricing with them up front and they'll go, oh, no worry, whatever it is, we'll pay for it. Don't, you don't even need to have this conversation with us. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I do. (laughs) I really need you to know exactly what this is going to cost, what to expect. It's great that I'm really excited that you feel like whatever it costs, you're, you're happy to do it. But I, I want to be super clear that you understand my process because I don't want any um, issues down the road. And it's actually a really big red flag to me now when someone says, oh, money doesn't matter because almost always it does. And when I go through the prices with them, it is an issue. So just a pro tip too, if you hear that, that might sound like a good thing, but I personally read it as a red flag when someone tries to wave me off. Anyways, I just want to go ahead and reintroduce our guests, Matt Stagliano and Felicia Reed. And we've come to the point in the conversation where we're bringing the audience up for questions. And I see that Manaz has a question. So um, Manaz, if you want to just state your full name and then go ahead and ask your question, we'd love to hear you. Hi, how are you? My name is Manos Demiri, and uh, I'm portrait photographer, as all you guys are. And uh, here is my question about the client. I um, start to running Facebook ad, which was going so good, so good so far. And 
But my one of my biggest problem is like uh, even in the ad, I said the session fee is two forty nine, and like then they go to my website. My packages start at like nine hundred for six images and blah blah blah. Everything is there. When I call the client and say, hey, this is like a 40 over 40 project and explain a little bit about it. When I get to the pricing and they listen to it, everything goes so good. And I'm like, how would you like to pay for the session fee so we can book it in the calendar? They're like, oh, actually, this is a lot. This is out of our budget. Um, we cannot afford it. I'm like, okay. So why did you fill the form? You know, I stuck in there and like, I say, okay, like, have a nice day. Um, keep in touch. I'm going to keep your contact information, email and all those kind of things. Um, I have no idea how should I follow up? Even should I follow up or no, I don't need to do it. And uh, if yes, how should I follow up? If no, uh, just remove them from my contact list even or what should I do? I have no idea about it. Thank you. I can jump on that one. Um, so great question, by the way. And I think it's something that as photographers, we have to expect is that there are going to be tire kickers. There are going to be people that get in touch with us because they love the work that they see, but that we're out of their budget. And that's perfectly fine. And I think, you know, it happens to me quite a bit because I'm, I'm more expensive in my area than pretty much anybody else. And I'm okay with that because I know what my value is and I've set that value for myself and people will either purchase that product or they won't. I never get rid of anybody and I always follow up down the road. Hey, I was just thinking about you and, you know, I uh, just wanted to drop a line and say hello or I keep them on the newsletter list, or I keep them on my communications, because even though they're saying they can't afford it now, doesn't mean that they can't afford it down the line. And as long as you keep showing up with value and showing them what you do and showing them the love and telling them about new products or new campaigns that you have going on, just because they're saying no now doesn't mean that they're not gonna say no, uh, that they're gonna say no down the road. They might say yes. So I just keep trying to show the value, give them as much of me as I can give them. And when the time is right for them, they'll walk through my door. But I never take it personally because I already know what my value is and what my products are. So I don't let that bother me. But yeah, I'd always stay in contact with the Manaz. Yeah, I'd say the same thing is like whenever they say they can't afford me, I think Sue taught us this. It's kind of like, oh, I totally understand. You know, I totally understand it is a big investment. And most of my clients, they save up, you know, for this. Or, you know, if you have offerings for payment plans or whatever. So I give them that option. And sometimes that's not. And they'll say, no, I can't do that. It's really expensive right now. I'm like, oh, my God, let's stay in touch. I, I run promos, get on my um, uh, my newsletter list, stay, stay in touch with me on Instagram. I'm quite entertaining. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. Some of my clients that book me now, they've probably been watching me one, two, three, four, five years. Five years. Some of them come, it was probably from one year ago, they couldn't afford me. Two years ago, they couldn't afford me. Three. I mean, if you pay attention to comments on Instagram and Facebook, they're like, I'm saving up my pennies, Felicia. Like you're showing them value, you know, constantly and you want them to stay in contact with you, you know, so it's okay. Not everybody can afford you. Not even me. You know, I can't do every person that calls me on the phone, but um, sometimes you just have to show them why you cost so much. You know what I mean? By keeping them in the loop with newsletters and um, correspondence like that on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. Yes. Oh, I was just going to say, Kevin, the other thing I would just say is like, if you are running a campaign, make sure on that contact form, there is a box that says that they want to opt in. Like, yes, do you want to uh, sign up for my newsletter and then have them check a box that says yes, because then you've already gotten their permission and you can just automatically add them to your list. And especially if you were running an ad, that's a great way to just get permission even before you have the in-person conversation with them. And if it's a situation of like, I'm getting frustrated because I have this Facebook ad running, I'm getting a high volume of inquiries and people are kind of like wasting your time by booking the phone call, but not really understanding that this costs money. Um, one thing you could do is send like um, a frequently asked 
question thing that you send out before the call that's just like, hey, I before we get on the phone call to make this really efficient for me and you, I already have some frequently asked questions that most people ask me on the phone call. And the first question on mine is, what does this cost? <laughs> and I just like answer that. And it's like, what does that include? And I answer that. Um, and usually people actually have canceled the call with me because they read that frequently asked question thing. And they're like, Oh, this isn't going to work out. Um, and the other thing is you could also, if you're really having a high level of inquiries, have something on your contact form for that campaign that says like, I understand that the investment for the campaign is X and that it includes X and that I have the ability to add more images. Um, because Again, if it's just a matter of you don't, as a per one person, have enough time to deal with everyone, you can always set those boundaries ahead of time electronically so that you're not wasting your time getting into this like 30-minute conversation with someone and at mark 25 minutes in, you're finding out that they can't afford you. I think, you know, I'll add one more thing in there really quickly too. And I think it, it, it keeps coming back to the same thing. And this is why... I love fallacious systems is that everything is a system, right? As long as you have anticipated the answers to some of these questions and you've practiced with the scripts and you have a way to deal with whatever comes your way, then it makes it a lot easier when any sort of, and I'm throwing air quotes like everybody in the room can see them, uh, when, when you're looking at conflict um, or you're looking at problems, you're going to have a system to deal with that. So go through the exercise of just saying, what's the worst that could happen? What if someone leaves me a bad Yelp review? What am I going to do? Or if, what if they say they can't afford me? What am I going to do? Think through some of those things and fill in those gaps so that when the opportunities arise, you're already there and ready to deal with whatever situation comes up. If that, you know, if that helps, but I love systems and Felicia's the master of them. And I was just going to say, people don't read I'm, I'm just telling you. And I'm one of yeah, them. I, I booked I booked a photo shoot coming up and I, I, didn't, I am that one. I'm like, I got money. I don't care what it costs. I already got a budget, whatever. And my photographer's like, did you sign your contract? I was like, no. Did you read it? No. I'm like, what do I bring? She goes, why didn't you read it? I sent it to you. I was like, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I'm horrible. People don't read. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, to bring it back to the boundaries of with clients, Felicia, you brought us something interesting with the, the affluent uh, client and them telling you, you know, what they want to do. Just send me the invoice. Uh, I want to know, how do you tell a client no and affirm no, this just cannot happen? Um, how do you go about saying that client, maybe she wants to have the business uh, photography stuff, but then she wants to do something completely wild, you know, with compositing work and, and it, she wants to Felicia read and, but she wants to also like be composited into something, you know, are you reading my mind? Do you know my client? <laughs> <laughs> I figure with green screen, you know, where, where did she well, want to be it, put and how do you tell her? No. <laughs> so I, I say, you know, I want to make sure even, even whenever I get an inquiry, I, let's get on the phone. I need to know if we're a good match. I only want to work with clients that, that, that love my processes and follow my processes. And, and, um, and you know, we're a good match because I'm not always a good fit for everybody. And I'm just honest. I don't do babies. I don't do events. I don't do weddings. I don't do like, there's a lot of things I don't do. I don't want to shoot outside. Are you, are we talking about going outside? Because it's not happening. Like I am that, I am so niche down. It is unbelievable. And I'm like, and I literally say, I don't know what she wants. And I, I don't, I, no, no, I'm not. That is not how it works. I don't feel comfortable. You know, this is like, a, and I think people will respect you more than taking on the work and you can't do it. And they're going to give you a bad review. That's like people respect me more by saying, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel point. comfortable with that. This is my process. Let's hop on a phone call really quick. Let me get your boss on the line. I have to, I cannot take your money. I will not take your money. Tell her I'm not taking that money. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> happening. There you Man, go. I mean, you... it's just like that. Gotcha. We got to see if we're a good fit. Are we a good fit? Matt, how do you tell a client no? I say no. I mean, it, it's really as simple as it's, it's as simple as that. And I, I don't mean to be flipping with that, but like, no, no, I'm no, no, like Felicia, I don't, I don't do 
babies or weddings or couples or engagements or I have a specific little niche. I've built my, you know, my style. People come to me for that. If they ask me for something that I can't do, the best thing I can do is respect them enough to say, I either don't do that, I can't do that, but I'm happy to refer you to someone that will. Always solve the problem if you can't do it. If they're really hard set on you know, getting big fantasy composites, I can give you a ton of people that do that type of work. That's not what I do. And you're only going to wind up disappointed if you think that I can and I give you something that's subpar. But I'll never put myself in that situation. I just say no. Can we, you know, can I have my family come in and watch me do the photo shoot? Yes, they can come in. No, they can't watch the photo shoot. I need your attention. I need to be focused on you as the client. It's very easy to set no, uh, to say no if you are explaining why. And the reason being that you want to give them the best possible service and the best possible images at the end of the shoot. And for you to do that, you have to be in that zone where you're comfortable and you know that you can produce this work. When you're pushed outside of that and you feel uncomfortable or you feel like you're unable to accomplish that, it's going to show up. And it's going to come out as that energy of being uh, not confident or scared to do something. All that fear bubbles to the surface and it's palpable. So it's easy for me. I just say, no, I don't do it like that. Or I can't do that type of work or I won't do that type of work. And usually it diffuses things um, with that upfront honesty, you know, and it avoids a lot of problems down the road. Believe me. Mm. But yeah, Kevin, um, for me, when I say no to a client, it's just one of those things where, like Matt said, you want to explain why. And I always try to also ask them like, well, like, what's, what are you looking for? Cause sometimes, um, sometimes we can actually meet in the middle in a situation where, for example, I had a client recently who wanted one of those shots where everything's in black and white, except one thing is in color, you know, like those 90s, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those like 80s, 90s shots. And I was like, hmm, what is the intention behind wanting that? And she was like, well, I'm having a girl. So I really want the pink Pink. because it was a maternity shoot. Like, I really want the pink to show through. And I was like, could we just do something else (laughs) with the color pink and then have it like, and then I just explained that I think it's like a more modern, high end, like fashion Mm, look. And she was like, Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then she just like went with my idea. So it's like, I didn't have to lose that client. But I mean, I didn't want to also like really do a selective color shot, you know, so we were able to find a styling thing in the middle. So sometimes just asking people questions like, what is the goal that you're trying to accomplish here? You can sometimes find an answer with them that is different than what they had imagined and what you had imagined. Gotcha. So Dealing with clients once again, I wanted to ask, have you ever had to fire a client? And if so, how did that go? Felicia? Oh, my God. I don't know who's going to be listening to this. You know? Let's go ahead and leave names out, you know? (laughs) I mean, I ain't got to say no names. They don't know who they are. No, (laughs) I benignly... It happens benignly. I haven't, did I fire a client? I can't remember. But there's a client that is like my top client. She pays me a lot of money, but she worries me to death. Like she's one of those worries me to death. And, she, and she's flaky. She cancels a lot, but when she comes, she spends like 7000 or more. And I just benignly avoid her. She texts me. I'm like, mm-hmm. She goes, we need to schedule a photo shoot. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I swear it's been like six months. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't well, know it's how difficult. To, I, I need to work on this. I don't know yeah. how to tell her you're just flaky. I can't deal with you no more. I mean, you're, you're Felicia Reed, right? You deal with scheduling, you get things on time. And when a client isn't putting your time I benignly, and making it valuable. It's kind of like friends. You just benignly just don't respond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> so I haven't taken someone's money yet and fired them. Ah, like, I gotcha. Man, did I give somebody their money back? I think I did. No, I don't remember. No, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I, I rarely have that problem. But, 
I know people that I don't want to work with, and I'm like, mm-mm. And you just completely avoid just them don't. in general, so you don't even have to deal with the idea of firing them. I know. There's probably a better way to do this, but <laughs> I don't know well, yet. Matt, I'm still learning. Matt, you, have you ever had to deal with a situation where you had to let go of a client because they just wasn't working out? Yeah, you know, there's um, from previous businesses, previous photography and video businesses where, um, you know, the client just becomes too much. They're taking up too much time. You're making too many revisions. You're doing too many things. You finish the job with love. um, But when they come back, they are, you know, suddenly you're unavailable for all the dates that they want Um, or you don't have time in the schedule or, you know, it. It's understanding how does that client make you feel and do I want to keep feeling that way, right? So Felicia, what what, what she was just talking about resonated so hard because I had a client last year that the shoot um, was a great shoot conceptually, but it went off the rails very, very quickly at the beginning. Um, And my own problem in that is I didn't set the right boundaries and I'll, I'll fully own that. And what happened was it became a tough shoot. And then after the third round of revisions, um, it became still like not satisfying. And I realized it was a person that probably just wasn't ever going to be satisfied with the images. And once the, the sale was over, um, she wanted to immediately rebook for, you know, some more family stuff. And I said, well, you know, we'll have to get back to you. And, she had trouble paying for stuff, um, paying for the session fee, paying for the images down the line. And those sorts of things just build up where I say, I don't want to be chasing my clients. I want to be working with the types of clients that make me feel good about what I do, that value the work that I do, and are going to be, you know, evangelists for the work that I do. So, you know, I try not to get into the situation where I'm firing anybody, but certainly there are clients that um, just based on the interaction, it's either not a good fit or when they want to come back and you remember the interactions that you had before, eh, maybe you're not available or maybe you're booked or, (laughs) you know, there's just ways like, uh, like Felicia said to benignly, you know, get around the issue. Um, I've never felt like confronting them right away and saying, you're not my cup of tea is the way to go. So, um, you know, call it avoidance, but I think it's the right way to go. Whatever, whatever makes you happy and keeps you as a a business uh, owner happy, you know, you do what you got to do. So I wanted to switch it a little bit over to you guys and how you set boundaries for yourselves. Um, Are there any systems that you've, set in place to separate your work time and your personal time? Uh, do you have office hours and how do you enforce those with yourself? Mm, yeah, yeah, I do. And I've talked about this before is time blocking is so important. And again, I re- highly recommend reading the 12 week year. It's an incredible book and it kind of just helps you with time blocking and stuff, but it is, I photograph Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night between the hours of 930 and 230. Uh, Tuesdays is my day off and my coaching days when I do coaching. Thursdays is networking day. Saturday and Sunday I'm off from shooting. And if someone wants a weekend, I put a high price on a weekend, which I never do anyways, $4,000 for a Saturday, but I don't really photograph. I'll do reveals or Zoom calls, you know, on Saturday mornings because I'm a morning person and everybody's sleep. And that's just it. I have a Calendly. Calendly is amazing. Or if y'all might have other systems of cal, you know, the calendars. Oh, so yeah, like yeah. when I do a coaching call, I send it, I'm like, okay, I coach on Tuesdays. Here's my Calendly. It's only set for Tuesdays and it's for coaching calls. Pick a day. I have uh, one-to-ones with other businesses or my wardrobe consultations. They're only on Thursdays at a certain time. I put them in Calendly. Yeah. Someone's like, let's connect. I'm like, okay, here's my Calendly. They ain't got but one choice. That's how I control it. Right. And, and then I make sure I take, I schedule my whole year. Uh, You know, I start at the beginning of the year and I have one of those big old calendars and I schedule every quarter. Remember every quarter I take off time four days at the beginning of every quarter to reward myself for all the hard work I did. And I schedule all my vacations first. And then I schedule my shoots. I schedule my holidays. I know I'm going to be off this. Everything's scheduled in advance. So I kind of know 
when I have to do stuff. You know what I mean? How I have to, like I'm going to WPPI. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be gone a week, but I do about 10 shoots a month. So I had to get those 10 shoots somehow because I'm gone a week. You know, so it's always working with a calendar and time blocking. That's well, what works for me. Well, I'll see you at WPPI, but <laughs> yes. thank you for that. <laughs> uh, Matt. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I believe in time blocking. So uh, my shoot days are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I don't shoot on the weekend. But because it's just me, I tend to work quite a bit. Um, uh, Tuesdays are my focused admin days. Um, Thursdays are my day off. And usually weekends are kind of up for grabs. I try not to work at all. But, you know, I'll check in here and there. But I don't shoot on the weekends. I use that for personal work or if I want to go out and shoot something like extreme sports or mountain biking or something to that effect. Um, when it comes to, you know, what I do to, to set my days in time blocking, um, I'm usually up pretty routinely at about five 30. I exercise journal, meditate, have coffee done by eight o'clock. I do a clubhouse morning panel from 9 to 10.30 every morning, and then my hours for work are 10.30 to 4, 10.30 to 5, thereabouts. So I have things very structured for me, and what that allows is very repeatable, consistent service. And I know exactly when things are going to be scheduled. I know exactly when things need to be blocked off, and it allows me... um, having that structure allows me the flexibility when I want it. Um, but I use Calendly just like Felicia does. I think it's phenomenal. That's how I schedule my, uh, my consultations. So yeah, I mean, having structure really keeps you on track and that way you don't feel as frantic doing anything, especially me. I don't have anyone working for me. I need to stay focused or I'll be all over the place. I'm just a mess without a calendar. And that's been the way that I've been for two years, uh, two decades. So yeah, calendar, calendar, calendar. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, we're getting close. I wanted to finish off with one fun question for you guys. And then after that, go ahead and hit me with your socials. Um, You got two weeks, two weeks vacation, go anywhere in the world to rest up, to reset. Where are you guys going? Matt? I'm going to Australia. Never been there. It's someplace that I've always wanted to go. Um, I'll wait until they're not locked down anymore. Um, oh, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I do want to go to Australia more than anything. That's been, uh, that's been the, the bucket list of mine. Yep, for sure. Surfing? Um, exploring, really. Um, maybe hanging out at, at Chris Robinson's studio. Um, <laughs> but just getting out there just to see it. I'm fascinated. I've been fascinated with Australia since I was a kid and I just, I need to get there. Yeah. It makes sense. Felicia, where are you going? I'm going to Tulum, Mexico in October for one week. And then the other week I will stay at home and woosah and let my brain, I need to be quiet. I'm highly <laughs> ADHD and I like to be quiet. Like mm. I get quiet and just recharge because <laughs> extroverts need to recharge. There is no place like home, right? I love home. I love home. So, like I said, we are hitting that one hour mark. Uh, So, before we let you go, if you uh, can go ahead and hit us with your socials. Felicia, start it off. Felicia Reed Photography on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook, Felicia Reed Photography. Yeah, I think that's it. Short, simple, straight to the point. (laughs) Matt? And I'm simple and straight to the point, too. Stone Tree Creative on all platforms. So just at Stone Tree Creative on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, you name it. I'm out there. Uh, And I want to point out that, Matt, you have a uh, studio tour that just went uh, live last week. And I believe, Felicia, you have one coming up as well. So for anyone out there, keep an eye out for that. It has been a pleasure having you both on. Everyone, please go follow Matt, follow Felicia, and please make sure to follow the Portrait System on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Uh, And be sure to check out the blogs that are associated with our Clubhouse interviews at suebriceeducation.com forward slash blog. And if you are a member of Sue Bryce Education and you have any more questions for Matt or Felicia, 
Ashley, or myself, go tag us in a post in the SBE Members Only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of Sue Bryce Education and you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, email Ella with support uh, at support at SueBriceEducation.com. Thank you again for joining us, and we hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.